This is a mini episode because we just couldn't wait to talk about Elvis. So as the king would say, a little less conversation, a little more action. Hell yeah. Lovely way to put it. Yeah. Maybe a little a little palate cleanser. So we're usually recommending movies to you, but this is a little bit of a uh, first reactions episode where, uh, like you said, the movies that uh, you and I are very excited to see and uh, didn't want to wait to talk about. Uh, and uh, it got me thinking of back to the Suncoast days. We'd work at Suncoast all day, slinging DVDs, and then we'd walk over to AMC Yorktown and watch movies and then uh, talk about them outside the uh, uh, theater. And it was just an ongoing uh, parade of movie debate all day. And I loved it. I guess that's the best part about working in a mall, right? You've got everything in close vicinity. It's like, all right, after we get off of work and we made some money talking about movies, slinging DVDs all day, let's head over to the movie theater and just like literally walk there and see what whatever's playing. Um, and if it is like those days, you and I, as we're in different places geographically, we still got out this weekend and saw Elvis, which I have to say, I was so, so excited to see it. And it did not disappoint in any way, way, shape or form for me. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Oh, love to hear that, man. I love the excitement. Yeah, man, I know you've always been a huge Elvis fan. Um, and I'm excited to hear a little bit more on your thoughts uh of the movie this movie i mean i had an awesome time watching it um i was most excited obviously to get a lot of good elvis uh, singing in this movie but i was pretty intrigued by Baz lerman as the director um and so i was expecting the chaotic but controlled kind of style of his uh previous movies and he <laughs> this one definitely didn't uh, disappoint on that level at all Chaotic but controlled is a great way to say Baz Luhrmann's style uh, and to, to kind of expand on that. As soon as I started seeing the posters and I saw the rhinestones and the TCB and like all of the sort of gaudy parts of Elvis's career, you know, his later career. And, and I suppose the early part was theatrical, right? It was a little, uh, you know, unrehearsed and, like nobody had ever seen before but you know as it kind of rolls into the 70s uh just like a lot of people's careers things change and for elvis uh you know it was very very much about the glitz and the glamour and the suits and uh the vegas style and i was so excited that Baz lerman was going to be doing this because i was like who better to exploit the gaudiness of elvis's later career and make it cool you know which i think is like what he did here he made elvis and his later career cool again um open this movie up to an audience for people to excite be excited about elvis for the first time maybe they had never even heard of him i mean that's possible these days you have an artist who died in the 70s late 70s there at 42 years old if you can even wrap your head around the fact that at 42 years old elvis was gone off this earth after such a big legacy he could possibly be forgotten if there aren't movies like this being made yeah, no, I think you're definitely right. I think uh, a lot of younger generations are not really familiar with Elvis at all. Um, he definitely seems uh, just kind of like a, a vacancy there. It's like his voice may be like familiar, uh, but the idea of him as like this, uh, you know, like the most famous person in the world at the time, probably definitely uh, not the case for younger generations. So 
And it's such an interesting thing, you know, if you think about if you followed on social media or even before just kind of what happened with Graceland and that they made it out to be a museum. I mean, Elvis as a brand has continually been fed by the family, right? Uh, Priscilla and Lisa Marie and, and, you know, everybody just making sure that people don't forget him because he was such a huge, gigantic star that meant so much to so many people. And the songs are undeniable, of course. As you said earlier, I am a gigantic. Gigantic Elvis fan. I always have been. So this movie did so much for that. I also thought that he went to an interesting place by being able to talk a little bit about things that weren't factual, you know, um, mm. for instance, in the film. Uh, and I'm not going to try to, I'm going to try my best not to give any spoilers, but in the film, there are some things that did happen. And, you know, as any great story about an artist and the times that they live in, it's good to remember the circumstances surrounded that career. So, you know, for instance, the assassination of Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and, and sort of what it did to Elvis and what he was thinking about, but maybe as a big gigantic star, he couldn't really say much, but it explores maybe what he did um, with his career and sort of the songs that he sang and being a spiritual man, how all of those things came out, even if he didn't have to make some statement, like most people think, think they need to do these days about every single thing. Um, I think there's a line in there and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you know what I'm about to say that, um, you know, if a man can't say something, sing it. Right. And so that's what that sort of scene that has to surround the Bobby Kennedy stuff. They have a lot about, you know, uh, colored um, uh, ropes lining for colored people. And then for whites, um, they do a lot about race in this film that I believe is exploring sort of what Elvis would have thought uh, if you had been able to speak to him about it. Um, and I thought that was an interesting thing to do because obviously so many people for so long have talked about Elvis and that he has basically been ripping off uh, black music, right? Um, that's something that has not gone away. And I think this movie kind of says, yes, but he was just a fan and this got really, really popular. And of course it was a different time. Um, and so I, I was wondering, did you catch a lot of those things there? I, the, things again, that aren't necessarily factual, like timing. I had heard that that scene that I'm talking about with uh, Bobby Kennedy, actually Bobby Kennedy didn't get assassinated, but it was more so in rehearsals and not, you know, the day before he actually sang that last number in the 68 comeback special. Uh, yeah. I mean, those details I'm not up on, but, um, generally, um, my understanding, um, of Elvis is a lot of, you know, come through like movies, like, um, like Jarmusch, uh, movies. There's actually, uh, an extended, uh, scene about Elvis in the movie that we covered in the past coffee and cigarettes, where they talk about Elvis's, uh, quote unquote, ripping off of, uh, black artists. Um, and that's obviously been a narrative that, uh, I don't, think most people actually think that anymore i mean they kind of recognize that uh he was he grew up poor in the south and was uh obsessed with uh, black gospel and blues at a very young age and it was kind of that's what i loved about this movie it kind of had its cake and eats it too where it's kind of tries to have it both ways with uh tom hanks who i'm definitely excited to talk about because uh his performance is uh bananas in this movie uh, <laughs> he's got that scene uh right when he's discovering elvis it's kind of a laugh out loud scene because it's so like uh, over the top when he's realizing um that this new artist um that all the kids are listening to is white so he's basically just like saying it to himself he's white he's white 
and it's like it's like yeah this is a uh, a musician that can be marketable in a uh, very racist time in the 50s uh, but then it spends the rest of the movie uh showing elvis uh being a true admirer um of all the black artists and being very close with them and it just kind of has it both without like really saying like too much on it, but like kind of like uh, staying on the surface level of it without uh, taking a too firm of a stance. Which like, you know, I don't think uh, you really could take like a hardcore stance either way uh, in a movie like this big, at least. Yeah, I mean, you're uh, spanning decades to tell a story. Um, you have to touch on things. I had heard and you had texted me about Baz Luhrmann actually having a director's cut that was you know, about an hour and a half or something like that of footage that would, didn't make the film. Uh, I would yeah. love to see a director's cut of this. Can you imagine? That's right. I forgot about that, actually. Now that I've seen it, uh, the idea that there's a version that it has another hour and a half of footage. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Like with the pace of this movie, it's like it's nonstop for two uh, hours and 40 minutes. And I mean, even if it feels like long, which I don't think it really does, like it just moves at such a quick pace that like I could I could definitely see the four hour version in my mind. Well, even think about, you know, exploring a lot about the girls and the way that his sexual um, energy was eaten up by the ladies. And obviously Elvis has had, you know, I'm sure mistresses and things like that that have been exploited over the years in books and tell all stuff. Um, but they didn't really go into any of that. And I thought that was a good move because this movie, uh, on, on, it was definitely very geared towards Elvis and his legacy and who he was and what that meant to music and, and life as we know it. I don't think it needed to spend too much time on, you know, his romantic life. And that's, think about any time that you've seen a movie movie about, you know, a main character that needed, that didn't need the romance uh, involved. Right. And I like the way that they talked about Priscilla in the film. Um, I like the way they talked about his daughter and that, you know, that scene that's just so heartbreaking in the limo as he's getting on the uh, plane, you know, I I'll always love you. I was, I, I, you know, I was crying. I cried during a lot of this film and that's how much I love the story of Elvis and, and sort of rock and roll. You know, I'm just such a music fan. Um, and kind of understanding, look at all the greats that have gone um, based on addictions and things like that. I mean, we could, I know this is a mini episode, but we could talk for hours on this topic. There's so much to cover on Elvis. Um, I also love that you want to talk about Tom Hanks, because to me, um, you can never do wrong with having Tom Hanks in a movie. He's continually surprising me with how great he is. His range was amazing as Tom Parker. I had known about the Tom Parker stuff and how he screwed Elvis. Uh, everybody has, but it also is amazing, especially in that trailer. When you first see that trailer and he says, we're the same, you and I, we're two kids, you know, that uh, are, are outcasts. And it's like, damn, the connection, you know, just a lot that that's pretty heavy that we're, 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 we're really the same. And it could, they couldn't be too different, too different, especially even with looks, right. He's this like older guy that's, you know, uh, doesn't even speak English very well. And then you've got Elvis, who's a suave, handsome, young person, but they're combined, you know, they're, they're for, for life. The, everybody knew Tom Parker was going to be Elvis's manager, and he couldn't escape him, of course, as we find out in the story. Um, he had been doing a lot of bad, shady things behind the scenes that Elvis didn't even get to know about when he was alive. Yeah, the showman. Um, so how familiar were you with uh the Colonel, the Colonel Tom. Um, I mean, I definitely there. knew on the surface, all the level things that, you know, I guess the headline bits, right. All yeah. of the things that were bad 
for Elvis and that he couldn't leave. I knew going into this that Elvis never was able to leave the country based on mm. Colonel Tom Parker, which is a huge deal, of course, in the movie when they talk about Elvis and how he wants to spread his wings, but he just can't. And he doesn't even really know why. It's a classic manipulation, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. No, and it plays it out pretty well. Because, I mean, yeah, I was pretty unfamiliar with um a lot of the uh, information, like you said, just really the surface level kind of of, of their characters dynamics. And so uh, obviously, you know, you don't have to take the movie's narrative for uh, fact or anything, but uh, a lot of it was new to me and that kind of uh, was making, making it pretty interesting. But um, Tom Hanks as the Colonel, uh, what did you think about his performance specifically? I mean, I just was really, really blown away by, again, how manipulative he was without, he did such a great job without saying so much. Like you didn't need to hear him say, um, you need to sign this contract, Elvis, uh, or, you know, I'm not gonna be your manager. He basically got Elvis to perform at the in those Vegas residencies without ever telling Elvis that, you know, he needed him to you know and even like the fact that a guy like elvis could possibly be broke it shows you how much he had no clue what was going on he was working so hard there's scenes in this film especially when there's that performance when they tell him not to do the wiggle and elvis kind of denies the colonel for the first time that scene is going to win austin butler a academy award i have no doubt about it uh the way that you see him and there's that underneath the curtain and you can see Tom Hanks looking at him and he is just singing his heart out and he's got this expression on his face. I could not have been more engaged with that scene and under, I, I've been on the stage of course with my band and I can understand what it's like to really be in the moment. Austin Butler, I don't know where that performance came from, what, what part inside he understood, but he really understood what it was like and I was just blown away by that scene. Hell yeah. Yeah, it took me like halfway through the movie. Uh, I'm like thinking to myself this whole time, like, who is this actor? Like, because I hadn't, I didn't recognize him. I definitely didn't recognize the name. And then I finally had to Google it uh, and where he was from. Um, and it was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is uh, what he was from that I had kind of recognized his face as Tex from the, the Manson family. Getting his, getting his ass kicked by Brad Pitt. Right, exactly. And then uh, in that great scene at the end, obviously, um, I had to rewatch uh, the part when Leo comes out in his car and is yelling at him when they're parked right in front of his place. Um, but yeah, it's like his manner and he's such a different looking character in that. And he, um, I mean, I thought he was fantastic in this movie, actually. You know, the um, uh, obviously the physicality of it there would do, I don't know who was doing the actual singing. There's at times Austin Butler does sing the songs. Okay. Uh, cool. If you look at yeah. that's another thing to talk about, just the, the soundtrack in general. Like, I'm not a big fan of redoing original right. songs that you love. I am really not. But it's done a lot for, for Elvis in general. Like, that little less conversation, a little more act. That, like, that was done, I believe, for uh, Soderbergh, right? And when they did um, Ocean, oh, the Ocean's, Ocean's Elevens. Yeah. Uh, and that skyrocketed Elvis again back to like, kind of being in the in the consciousness of the world because it was a remix right and it was so fun like a classic song that you knew but like in this kind of cool new way this is exactly what's happening here with the um, um amazing roster of talent that they have on the um 
on the soundtrack and reimagining these songs in ways you'd never heard them before. And then, of course, Marketing Genius going out to a bunch of people that would have never heard these songs based on these new artists. They're re, yeah. uh, they're they're finding out about Elvis for the first time through the soundtrack. I mean, it hits on every level. This movie, it's it's amazing what they were able to pull off. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely agree. Uh, Burn in Love. I had to listen to that to a couple of times. It's definitely my favorite Elvis song. I don't know if. Uh, if oh, I love it. it! I love it. It's a, yeah. that's a little bit like later Elvis when I, you know. That's you know what, what it mean. sounds like to me. Like I, I mean, it, it's obviously not as early, early stuff, but there's something about the structure of that song. It almost like trends. Like it, it, it you could. It's, I could believe like it was uh, produced like years after, and just because of the structure and how clean it is. But yeah, for whatever reason, that song always got me. But, uh, I mean, we I saw the 68 come comeback special in theaters about three years ago or something when um, oh, yeah. it was Fathom Events, I think, does that where they like reintroduce something. And um, I saw that with my girlfriend. I'm so glad I did because it was such a nice thing to like see that in the theater, you know, and then I, I'd seen it before, of course. But then to go and see this film in the theater was kind of like a cool Elvis like you know uh let's see the real version and then let's see the acting and then of course you know we can't give too much away but like they do show elvis the real elvis in this film a few times which was out of character for Baz Luhrmann, in my opinion you know i did it was very very clear that he's a huge elvis fan um mm. i think this was such like a a love song uh to elvis in my opinion by him yeah i didn't see i mean speaking of Luhrmann, so like i mean i saw uh romeo and juliet when it first came out along with Moulin Rouge and I never saw Great Gatsby. Yeah, man. Are you, are you down with that one? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's just like, he knows how to really play up these characters that are just so charismatic, uh, but flawed, you know, and that's uh, the thing about Gatsby as well. I mean, it's like that movie is awesome. You got to see it. Uh, but I also recommend seeing the Robert Redford version, which is equally as kick-ass. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I had, I'd seen clips from Gatsby and I was kind of expecting um, a little bit of that with this and definitely didn't disappoint. Um, but yeah, like you said, you can definitely tell that uh, Lerman is, is, is pretty obsessed with uh, Elvis, um, the man, the myth. But that's, I mean, that's what I was thinking of, like, while watching this is like, is, uh, I mean, he's the king because he's the king. It's like his narrative um that has like transcended since uh since the 50s is just like is what has kept him uh as the king of rock and roll uh whether or not like even younger generations even know who he is um but like his he was definitely the most successful at kind of bridging uh he certainly was he certainly was not the only person bridging the gap between like country and blues and and rock at all but like he was by far the most successful um, and that's just part of that narrative. You know, something that they don't really go into too much in the film. Um, but again, I don't know if they do uh, this because of time. But Elvis did go off to war. And, you know, when that happened, he he mentions it. And I don't know if you caught it um, in this film. It was very quick. They talk about how the Beatles kind of got back in there in the 60s. And that's the whole idea of the comeback special. Um, right. You know, something that a lot of people don't realize is that Elvis when he went off to war and everything like that, um, he had to kind of come back to the, 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 
the stage in a different way. And that was all what all the movies were and stuff like that. Cause when he came back, it was a different generation. People were listening to the Beatles, but again, of course there would be no Beatles without music like Elvis was making right before he left. Um, and I believe that it's kind of a little false. Um, it was nice. Again, I think you have to like have a little bit of suspension of, of belief um, in scenes because he didn't go to war based on the fact that, um, you know, he had to go away because he was in trouble because he was doing the wiggle and stuff like that. You know, um, he went away, I think, but again, I think sometimes it plays that card because I think it's kind of like, is that kind of what Colonel Tom was putting in the minds of, you know, the whole Elvis camp and manipulating it. So as an audience, you kind of like, don't know sometimes. And I think that that's the point. I don't think that Baz Luhrmann is doing those things factually, uh, wrong on purpose. I think he's doing it so that you can kind of understand maybe what it might have been like for the characters at the time. And so, of course, he went because, you know, he was drafted and Colonel Tom spent a lot of time working to make sure he didn't go to actual war. Uh, but he did go to war. And so that halted his career a little bit. But then also found Priscilla, started a family and, you know, the rest is history there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Still taking it all in. I saw this uh, just a couple of days ago. And um, I mean, I again, like uh, pointing out the performances, I thought the performances were like by far the best part of the movie. I had like such a great time uh, enjoying that. And, and obviously, like all the other characters, too, like uh, like the Little Richard performance amazing um, was, was so fun to watch. Um, Little Richard is amazing. And so they uh, do a great uh, entire set uh, of song with him in it. And um, Elvis is just there uh, in the audience, just like admiring them. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And I also think that some of that stuff wasn't factually correct. You know, I don't think Elvis had actually gone, you know, to hang out with B.B. King in a, uh, in a, weren't expected to be. Yeah. Right. But at the same yeah. time, it was such a nice little moment because it could have happened. Right. You know, like that's the thing is like those, it's not like Elvis, um, wasn't a fan or friendly with those people. It's just that they never probably did hang out that way. Um, and for anybody seeing this for the performances, like you said, I just think that that is something to make sure we put an asterisk on all the performances. It wasn't just Austin Butler, but like the person who played, and I, I have the name, her name escapes me. The person who played his mother in the film looked mm. so much like Elvis's mother. And also they did such a nice job of understanding the dynamic of uh, Elvis and his mother and what happened to Elvis after she died because they were very close in life if you know anything about his uh his life and you know i think that's important to remember that all of these characters in this film uh the casting i i, I watch i always watch the credits because i want to know who put these films together and i saw the people who casted it and i was like these people are getting an academy award like it, it was amazing you know yeah yeah uh you think it's gonna go far uh with the audience it did well uh over the weekend um box office wise you see I mean, getting... I saw it beat out uh, what what's uh, was number one? Oh, Top Gun before, right? So I saw it beat out Top Gun for the number one spot. Yeah, it was uh, almost like a dead tie, which was actually great. I haven't seen that yet, um, but for the idea of Top Gun uh, returning to the top of the box office is pretty unprecedented for movies these days. I know. I mean, look at I brought my 
uh, Elvis cup from Graceland today to, to talk yes. about. My other one that I actually did that painting that you have of, um, it actually broke and it was like the saddest day that I've ever kind of mm. experienced because it was my favorite mug. It was my, it's my favorite picture of Elvis. It was such like a cool vintage little mug and it broke. And so I've been looking for one ever since. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan, man. I mean, I'm just like, was so happy to see this film. I'm going to see it again. I saw it at the Los Feliz three over here, which was remarkably the first time that I'd seen a film there just because of COVID and everything. It's nice. a vintage theater from the thirties that's uh, down the street. And I, enjoyed the theater so much the the uh you know who was there the day before doing a question and answer was warner herzog oh um i was one day late from seeing him i saw it on social media i was like damn it, i would have <laughs> been in attendance had i known you know so That's the awesome. experience was amazing i love going to the theater love 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 seeing films in the theater i know you're no stranger to going to see movies in the theater you see them more than i do in the theater um but it was my money. I would give him my. I would give that movie my money anytime. Uh, enjoyed the ride very much. Yeah, man, I'm definitely right there with you. Like I said, I wasn't uh, entirely sure going into it uh, what I was going to get out of it, uh, but it definitely exceeded my expectations. Cool. I mean, I know this is a mini episode. Any final thoughts that you want to share, or you know, should we wrap this up? Well, yeah, no. I mean, I'm just enjoying uh, this conversation. I'm looking at that painting that you just uh, um, referenced. Uh, I have a Darren Voral uh, original up in my place, uh, uh, an Elvis portrait, and so that was a an actual mug that you had, yeah. and that's what you painted. Okay, that, so that I didn't was, realize. I thought it was maybe like your own design, but it was an actual coffee mug that you were uh, painting. Yeah, yeah, it was actually uh, one morning. I think it was just right as the pandemic was starting or something. It was one of the one of the first that I did uh, to kind of get my jump start my painting career over there. So you've got uh, an early uh, rendition, and it was of course the king because it, I think yeah. I think I named it Mornings with the King. You know. Yep. That sounds right. Yeah, no. So I'm definitely going to have to put that on our socials and let everybody check out because it's uh, it's an early one, but it's uh, obviously a masterful one. Oh, thanks, I, I love having it here. It's fantastic. I know. I know you love coffee, too. So I thought it was like kind of a perfect one. You know, I know you're contemplating what read your books while you have some coffee. So it kind of was like the perfect owner, you know, just laid down my morning routine every day. So yeah yeah but yeah um anybody who's listening go check out the elvis film it really is worth it it's worth the hype austin butler does a fantastic job as as elvis at times he doesn't look like elvis but it's very rare most of the time you're like holy shit, that's elvis like you could it, it could be like a, a split image and you don't really get that from seeing the, the trailer sometimes you know i was like mm, is this really going to be like elvis you got to see the film to right. really really get the spirit of him as elvis and then you'll be like at times really thinking holy shit, that's elvis on stage like he looks so much like him in the film i don't know if you agree or not it's all in the persona and he's definitely got it he nailed it here nailed it so yeah go see it check out the rest of uh, our season which is uh going on here with longer episodes we will be back on friday to record another one but this was fun to do these little mini episodes i hope we do more of this pat you know as we see films in the in the theater i'm always down to talk first reactions with you but awesome all right man we'll have a good rest of your week thanks everybody for listening and uh we'll see you back here let us know if you see elvis let us know what you think Bye. Take care.